This is another installment in my sermon series on um, our place in God's world. This is the Sabbath, how the Sabbath fits into our place in God's world. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. It's my understanding that this commandment was unique uh, for the Jews. It was not a commandment that would be found in other cultures at that time. Remembering the Sabbath and observing the Sabbath was um, critical to the identity of a Jew. It's kind of what made a Jew a Jew. Back when we lived in Dayton and our kids were, were younger, uh, we were friends with the Shear family. Uh, Martin, the father, and I had gone to elementary school and high school together. Uh, the Shears had children the same age that we had. The kids went to the same school. Uh, they played together. They were in uh, sports teams together. And it, it, Martin and I renewed our friendship. Uh, Martin was a funny, talkative uh, guy who had an opinion on everything, and I was very entertained when I was around Martin. One Friday afternoon, I was at the Shear home. I think, I think I was picking up a kid, and um, I hope I didn't forget that child. Uh, but anyway, uh, I was picking up a child, and it was it was late Friday afternoon, and Martin and I were talking in the kitchen, and uh, we were sharing a cup of coffee, and and uh, as, the, the, as the afternoon gave way to the evening, Martin's wife Susan came in, and. Um, started to set the table for dinner. Uh, she put out candles. Uh, she put out the, the special linens and plates and, and, the, and put, poured wine, and the children came in. And Martin said, you know, it's sundown, John, and um, we're, we're ready to observe the Sabbath. Would, would you like to, to observe the Sabbath with us and um, have to stay for dinner with us? Sure. What are you having? And, and um, you know, I called Susan. What are you having, Susan? And uh, they, they were having something better. Yeah, I'll stay with you, Martin. And so we, we observed the Sabbath. We, we had the prayers. We, we drank the, the wine. And um, it was a really good experience. It was very simple. And I thought, you know, if, if Martin had been at our house talking, we probably would have delayed any religious observation, observance, or we would have just not had it. But the Sabbath was in, important to that family in their Judaism, and we had the Sabbath. And I was impressed by that, and I was also impressed that they included me. I was what Exodus would call um, the sojourner in the land for them, and they included me. And I and I felt, you know, important and significant that I was made part, included in their Sabbath observance. It's, it's a very important, important thing to remember. We remember the Sabbath day, in, in, according to the Bible, for, for two reasons. And uh, many of you know that the, the Ten Commandments are recorded in Exodus, and they're also recorded in Deuteronomy. And the motivation uh, in Deuteronomy is different than the motivation in Exodus for observing the Sabbath. 
In Exodus, one remembers the Sabbath and keeps it holy because God rested on the seventh day. Six days God created the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day God rested. We rest on the Sabbath in remembrance that God rested. We remember God on the Sabbath. When we rest, we realize that we are made in the image of God. God rests, we are in God's image, so we rest. It's a reminder, actually, of who we are. We are made in God's image. Now, one of the, some of the rabbis say that God's work of creation was not complete until God rested. God had to rest to see the finished product, to appreciate it and to give thanks for it, and to delight in it and take joy in creation. And unless we rest, the rabbis say, we will not take appreciation of creation, delight in it, and joy in it. They also say it's important that we rest because our resting finishes whatever project we're doing. That unless we rest, the work remains unfinished. And I think how often I personally do not rest when I finish a job. So the job is never finished. I just go on to the next one and the next one and the next one. And sometimes I'll take frustration from a job and irritation from a job and not resolve that by resting and take that irritation to the next job. And I think we do that often. We'll take, we'll take that irritation to the next job and wonder why we're so burned out and frustrated uh, by what's going on around us. Well, it's that we didn't finish the previous job. It's important to rest, to finish our work. That's what Exodus says. In Deuteronomy, people are asked to remember the Sabbath day and rest because they're no longer slaves. Once you were slaves in Egypt and you worked 24-7, but you're not slaves anymore, so you don't work all the time. You rest. You're free people. You get to take a day off. And you're not slave drivers like the Egyptians were either. You let the people in your household take the day off. You let your animals take the day off. They're not slaves. You let the sojourner in your land rest. You're not a slave driver and they're not slaves. In Deuteronomy, the Sabbath operates, functions, as kind of a leveler of society. There are no distinctions. I mean, if everybody's resting, you don't know who's the boss, you don't know who's the servant, you don't know who's the slave. Everybody's resting. So the Sabbath levels society. There aren't really these distinctions of class and category and all the adjectives we use to describe each other. We're basically all the same. 
remember when I was in late elementary school or junior high, and we were driving to church, and we, we had this argument that we frequently had at that age of my life. Why do I have to go to church? I hate church. It's boring. It's stupid. I can't, I don't, I can't stand it. I don't get anything out of it. Why do I have to go to church? None of you have ever had that argument with your children or never, never did that to your parents. And mom said to me, we go to church because it's the one day of the week that we can dress up. And I thought, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. <laughs> mom, you got to do better than that. It didn't really dawn on me until I was preparing this sermon what mom meant. What she meant was, six days a week, I am just a housewife. Six days a week, I wear my house dress. Six days a week, I work. But on the seventh day, I'm special. I dress differently. I'm a different person. And I see myself differently. She's right. She's right. On this seventh day of rest, we are to see ourselves differently. We're not slaves. We're free people in God's eyes. We're a delight in God's eyes. We see our neighbor differently. The class is gone. The distinctions are gone. Sabbath is a wonderful gift that God has given to humanity. So what went wrong in our observance of the Sabbath? Why isn't it remembered that much? Why don't we keep it holy that much? Well, I think first, religion screwed it up. We made it into an obligation. You know, remember the Sabbath is a commandment, and if it's a commandment, we have to make it into a law. And if we have to make it into a law, we have to split hairs. What is work? What is rest? This is work. This is work. This is work. You can't do this. You can't do that. You shouldn't. You ought not. And we made it into this burden of keeping laws. At one time, there were 1,500 laws on what was work and what was rest. You can drive yourself nuts trying to figure it out. And, you know, in order to make people go to church on the Sabbath, everything else was closed. So you had no choice. And you could not go. I mean, in Scotland, there were laws. Somebody got hauled into court for smiling on the Sabbath. I mean, we just made it into a dreadful, boring day. The other place where the Sabbath has gotten off track is it isn't the church that's made it awful. It has. But we've made it awful. 
we no longer define ourselves as being in God's image. We define ourselves by working all the time, by being productive, by making and doing 24-7, 365. We can't take a day off because we wouldn't know how to define ourselves anymore. We have to work all the time because we define ourselves by being busy all the time. We can't rest. And when we can't rest, we become slaves who work seven days a week, can't take time off. Again, we lose our identity. There, saw a commercial this week. It showed a woman, you know, she was sleeping, and then it, in her dreams, her boss appeared. And the boss said, yes, I expect you to answer all my emails before you wake up today. And I think, yeah, that's how we act. That's how we act. When we lose track of the Sabbath, divisions set in. Because we take no break in these divisions between people maintain themselves and probably get worse. When we lose track of the Sabbath, a sense of destitution sets in, a sense of scarcity sets in, because we're not taking time to be thankful and appreciative and enjoy things and delight in them. And a sense of despair sets in, because we feel like we're just a cog in work that just grinds on without change. Now for all of this, this is why Jesus says the Sabbath was made for human beings, not human beings for the Sabbath. You know, an institution that was made as a blessing has become a curse. And Jesus says, you're just missing the big picture. Look at the big picture. Rest. See the giftedness of life. Enjoy life. The Sabbath was made for you. It's not uncommon for us to take something and twist it from a blessing to, uh, to making people subordinate. How often do people feel subordinate to institutions and the machine of the institution? Back when we had two kids, Susan and I had enough money to buy our first new car. And the kids were little. And... Um, you know, we really researched this new car. We really shopped at the dealerships and took test drives and studied consumer reports looking for this, this new car that would be safe for our children and, and you know, accident-proof, basically, and would have space where the, all the diapers and, the, and the, uh, you know, the carriages and the strollers that would have a, a, a car, uh, a luggage rack on the top to carry cribs and would have good mileage. And 
we bought this Toyota Tercel wagon, and man, it was great, and we loved the new car smell, and it was perfect, and we'd gotten it for the kids, and this was the kids' car, and it was all about the kids, you know? And um, about three, three months after we got this car, we, we drove up to, to visit some friends at their cottage in Michigan, and the kids were in the back seat, and Susan and I were in the front seat, and we got off the highway, and we got off the state roads, and we found ourselves on township roads, and uh, you know, just kind of gravel paths to get to the cottage, and the roads were like this, and they were up and down and in and out, and now how Susan handles driving on roads like that is to drive as fast as she can <laughs> so that she can get the curves and the hills behind her. Now, I looked back at the kids after about 20 minutes, and they were green. And I was feeling pretty sick, and I said, Susan, slow down. No, no, this is almost behind us. We'll just a little bit more, and it'll be behind us. And with that, the kids threw up. And I got so mad at the kids for messing up this car, this car that we had gotten for them, I got so mad because now the car was more important than they were. How dare you throw up in this car? It stinks now. There's no new car smell. Oh my gosh, you know, it's in every crevice, your vomit. You gotta, I am so mad at you for doing this. Yeah. What was made and bought for the children had just been twisted. And now the children existed for the sake of the car. Hmm. Siri's talking to me even though the phone is off. <laughs> ah. It just got twisted. So, how do we observe the Sabbath? How do we observe the Sabbath? How do we take advantage of the blessing that God has made for us. First of all, we stop. We stop. We slow down. Does the email have to be answered every day? Do the voicemails have to be answered every day? Apparently Siri thinks so. You know, can I go a day without it? Have you ever tried to go a day without email and voicemail? You know, if you ever, you, you know, you think, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And then you think, uh, I'll just answer this. I'll look at this email once. And it just opens a Pandora's box, doesn't it? Of, oh, gosh, yeah, I guess I better answer this one. And now I better wait for a response. And I better wait for the reply all. And... There it goes. You know. Have you ever think, uh, I'm going to go to bed? No, I'll just check the emails one more time. You, know, you lose your rest. Stop. One rabbi says that the burning bush that, that Moses saw and that God spoke out of, it was always burning. It was always there. It's just that Moses didn't stop 
to see the burning bush. Once he stopped, oh yeah, there it is. God's speaking to me. We've got to stop if we're going to see and hear God. The Sabbath day is not only a day to stop, it's a day to play. It's not a day to do nothing. It's a day to play. When we play, we see life differently. We do what we're usually not doing. We see ourselves differently. We see ourselves in a different role. It's always interested me when I read books on slavery how important the Sabbath was to the slaves. That they played on the Sabbath. They took on different roles in their lives. And you can take risks when you play. Um, I love it when we say, let's play with this idea. Let's just see where it goes. Let's imagine life and envision life differently. Another way we remember the Sabbath is by planning for it. Have you ever noticed that when you plan a vacation that might be three weeks or three months away, that planning time is a pleasure. And it brings a pleasure to the drudgery of your day and of your week because you're looking forward. You're looking forward to what's going to happen. It's the same thing when we plan for the Sabbath. And when we plan for it, we know what we're going to do. It's easy to waste time when we don't know what we're going to do and we don't have anything planned. But when we plan for it, we know what we're doing. We find that the Sabbath can leak into the rest of the week and make the other days sacred and holy. When there is no day that's sacred and holy, then no day is sacred or holy and no thing is sacred or holy. One rabbi said, um, the question we should ask God every Sabbath is, Lord, what is there about me in which you take delight? Isn't that a great question? What is there about me, God, in which you take delight? The Sabbath is an opportunity to hear what God has to say. I think the Sabbath observation is absolutely critical for us to find our place in God's world. When we remember the Sabbath, we remember that we are made in God's image. We remember that we are sacred. We remember that our neighbor is sacred. We remember that we're all on the same page, that we're not different, that we are all one. We remember that life is a delight and a joy. The divisions give way to community. And the scarcity gives way to abundance. And the despair gives way to joy. 
Remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy so that you remember your place in God's world. May it be so. Amen.